If you're listening to this episode and don't find yourself in the best state of mind, uh, whether you are having suicidal thoughts or thinking of ending your life, I strongly recommend uh, that you reach out to someone close, that you are clear about what is going on for you at this stage. Um, And also, I highly recommend that you seek professional um, advice and support. This podcast is not intended to be anything other than just me sharing my thoughts, um, but I would really like that whoever is listening, who is going through a dark period in their life, yeah, I I want you to take courage in seeking help and letting people know um, of the struggles that you're experiencing. Revelation 3 verse 5, he who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments and I will not erase his name from the book of life and I will confess his name before my father and before the angels. Hey fam, let me hang my phone on my, what is this, my my visor, the visor of my car. I am in my car recording today and not because I don't have a house like it used to be. I am recording from my car because I literally have 35 minutes to spare in my schedule today. Mondays are like the busiest days, although maybe they're going to be not as busy now that um, it's my day off. Anyway, so I have soup kitchen and I cook for soup kitchen and I have soup kitchen and then straight after soup kitchen I have basketball and depending on what time my game is, everything. Anyway, moving on. How are you, you epic evidence of a creator God you? Hmm? I hope you have been well and this episode is those for, <laughs> is for those who might not be feeling as well as they would like to. I have been thinking a lot about suicide and I thought, you know what, let's have a chat about that because I'm sure that suicide has invited itself into more people's lives than I think we really know. So yeah, I really want to emphasize that this episode may trigger certain thoughts and feelings uh, for people. It may be um, a little bit triggering based on your own personal experience uh, with suicide. And yeah, so because of that, because I am very aware of, yeah, how vulnerable this subject can be, I would like to start off with a word of prayer. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we just invite you into this time, um, into this conversation. And as I have prayed before pressing record, um, I ask that you speak, that you guide my thoughts and every word that I speak, so that it is not my words, but rather your words that needed to be shared, a perspective that you desired to give me, um, and words that you desired for everyone to hear. So guide us now, be with us, comfort us, and help us to be super honest with ourselves so that we can find comfort in you 
and also find comfort and help and support in those around us. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So suicide for me has been, I guess, something that has just been very present in my life for as long as I can remember, I guess, from um, my dad's depression and going through his mental illness when my parents divorced. Uh, He left a suicide letter and then went up north for, I believe it was like a week. And I just remember when we found the letter, like having to tell the police and they were like, where's your dad? We're just like, all we know is that he went to 1770 and just waiting and waiting to see his dad coming back. And then um, we've known people who have, died to suicide and we've known people who have had mental illness that has led them to have suicidal thoughts and yeah I guess that conversation is something that I've had in my life for most of my life but I really wanted to speak about it today just because it's, it's a little bit raw at the moment uh, for different reasons and that's not really the purpose of um, this episode just because I don't really know enough to talk about specifics. But I did want to open up this space and allow for my podcast to be a place where we can have the conversations. So there is another episode that I've actually done with Dr. Denzi. I don't have any idea what number episode that is, but if you search, I don't even know what it is. Okay. If you, Dr. Denzi, and I think it might be suicide, it might be mental health, something like that. But anyway, we did talk about it in much more detail than I will this episode. But one thing that I've been thinking about with regards to this, and it has come for a few different reasons. There is a family that I have on uh, Facebook from the US. They've recently lost their daughter um, to suicide. And she was 17, I think, 17, 18. Uh, There's been a few different other Uh, families that have been impacted um, by suicide. And I think one of the biggest things for me is that there's two clear examples, and obviously there's more, but I feel there's two clear examples of people who have died to suicide. And these are the two examples. You have the people who no one thought this was going to happen like they were just always so happy they were always like the life of the party kind of personalities and then you have the other side which is like oh they've been struggling for a while like it doesn't come I mean it still comes as a shock like forgive me for speaking lightly in that way but maybe it's people who have struggled with depression and mental illness for a while And the idea of them taking their own life actually was not something that they didn't consider in some capacity. 
And what I really thought when we think about the context of taking your own life, even struggling with mental health and having like mental illness and all that kind of stuff is that I don't think as a church we do the best job at supporting those who we know are struggling or and it's always super hard because if it's one of those if it's the example where you just did not expect it like they were just always so happy they were so bubbly they were always making people laugh they were always so caring when it's that side sometimes it can be very hard but at the same time i feel that we need to be more intentional about asking even the really happy people are you okay how's things going for you personally like i think sometimes in the lightness and the happiness of overseeing some people as just oh they're okay we forget to realize that there is also a part of mental illness in which people will try and mask a lot of their suffering by compensating to a level that makes them super happy, super cheery, always just laughing, smiling. And I think when we for me personally, just from what I've experienced and from what I've seen, it's often the people that are overly happy that when they get quite down, when they experience things that push them into sadness, anger, anything if they if they're quite extreme on the positive emotions and thoughts, there there is a strong parallel that then they are proportionately extreme when it comes to sadness and anger and fear and anxiety like if they're always on a mountain top anything out of a mountain top experience is a valley and a crevasse like it's just it's just extremely deep for them so i believe i personally am very intentional about finding the super super happy people and finding a time where i can ask them how are things going for you personally how are things at home? Like, how are you going? Um, and mine, when I ask, how are you? Anyway, and I do this at my workplace. When I ask you, how are you? I'll often linger for more than just, I'm good, thank you. Like, I will linger so that I can get a response that's a little bit more than, good, thanks. And if, and if that's what I get and time allows for me to ask another question, I will. How are you settling in? How's your class going? Or, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, actually, I wasn't coming just for like a surface level good and just pass each other by. Um, and I do that with specific people, like friends that I have who I know, yeah, could fall into... Um, that example of the super happy people that are always happy who could potentially be trying to mask and cover and keep themselves afloat by just being extremely optimistic. <clears throat> so I guess for me, one of the biggest things when it comes to this conversation is one, 
Are we intentional about trying to support people who we could maybe consider as being people that are at the risk of having suicidal ideations or even taking their own lives? I was having a conversation with a person <clears throat> the other day and they said to me, you know, yeah, because, you know, I haven't been feeling so well. They've got some stuff going on. I haven't been feeling so well and um, I just didn't want to be here anymore. When someone says that to you, don't be scared to ask more questions because that question could actually reveal to you that that person is desperately seeking for someone that they can trust to let them know just how bad this is getting for them. So when they asked, when they made that statement of like, oh, I just don't want to be here, I'm like, what do you mean by that? Straight up. What do you mean by that? And it could literally be, once you get clarity, it could be, oh, I'm just sick of, I mean, they weren't in Mwollomba, but let's just say, oh, I'm just sick of living in Mwollomba. I just don't want to be here anymore. I'd rather be on the sunny coast. Ah, well, that gives so much more context and clarity. Here I am thinking, I've got to ring triple zero, but really, I just need to ring a removalist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Sometimes just asking that question will give you more insights to have a better understanding of how that person is feeling. And, um, and sometimes don't be scared if that person says, well, I'm just actually sick of being here. Like, I just don't want to live anymore. And in that moment, when I did um, my um, suicide training and my units on suicide prevention, one of the biggest things that you can do for that person, once they've said to you, I actually want to die, is just understand what's, what's going on that you feel like you'd just rather die. That will give you a place to understand where the suffering is. You're able to isolate the specifics of what has got them where they are now. And they might say, well, you know what? My job, like I'm just so sick of my work. The people that I work with, um, you know, whatever. Whatever it is that they, they share that might be their workplace. Then you can actually help them to get to a place where it's like, okay, you, but you know what? you're not obligated to stay there you could always start making the necessary steps to get out of that workplace and go join another place or maybe this is going to set you up for a career change like then you're able to help that person to get to a place where you know what that's a really good point like I don't have to stay at this job I can go somewhere else or um, you know what, even if it's in a position where my relationship with my kids is just really bad at the moment, really like, what's going on? Um, and they could be like, oh, my kids, you know, whatever. Let me just say teenagers because I think most parents don't know what to do with their lives when they get teenagers. But um, whatever it is, then you're able to bring them to a place that's a bit more reasonable, logical. And that that small conversation with that person might be enough for them to rethink where they're at and how they feel about certain things. And I don't think, I think as a church, we need to start being okay with having those conversations with people and being in a place where we can actually support them at that, at that place. Um, but I think we just, we don't want to talk about it and it's okay because you'll find that 
most people don't want to talk about it. It's not a Christian thing. It's not a church thing. It's not a doctrinal thing. It's not a biblical thing. Most people just don't know how to have that conversation and they don't know what to do with it as they kind of navigate the potentials of what a conversation like that could unpack. Like it could reveal stuff in there that you're kind of like, mm, I don't know what to do with this information now. But at least it gives that person an opportunity to really see that, okay, this is getting pretty serious. Like your stress about work is actually getting this bad. Like, can you see that it's quite crucial that you make changes or that you choose something different? You know, <clears throat> being able to have that conversation could potentially allow someone to be in a place where they can make a better decision. <clears throat> now, in in saying all of that, I know that there is a lot of um, stigma that different people place on getting professional support. I was actually talking to someone just the other day, and we're, they they are someone who has had um, a quite a long battle with uh, suicidal ideation and um, different levels and different risks at times. And they were sharing with me like, "Oh, I don't know what the what the advantages and the benefits are of some sending someone to the psych ward." And we kind of had that conversation and I was able to get them to see that the psych ward isn't just medicating people and strapping them and putting them in like um, like a padded room. Like it's not that. Like sometimes going to the psych ward can actually mean you just sit down with a psychiatrist and have a conversation and they're able to assess what your needs are and refer you. Like a visit to the psych ward is very different to what we see in like horror movies. What's that? Hannibal Lecter movie, whatever that is. Silence of the Lamb, I think, anyway. Where, you know, they put a mask on him because he eats people. Like, it's just, it's not that. Like, <laughs> it's not that. And depending on where you're at, like, a visit to your mental health ward could potentially mean life or death. And we need to not be scared of the fact that going to the mental health ward, going to the psych ward, could actually be everything that you need i've got friends who have gone to jail and found jesus like what we would see as something so negative and like such a horrible thing to happen like go to jail for your crime and then to find jesus while you're in there and that being exactly what you needed because if it wasn't for that you wouldn't have found jesus it's similar when you go into the mental health ward and seek professional support like it may be the answer to your prayers that might be the help and support that you actually needed and the stigma that's associated with it like don't worry about that don't worry about that worry about yourself and making the most of the support systems that you have around you to help you um because I think the danger is is in trying to worry about the stigma and worrying about what they could do and you're going to be there for like 30 days and they're not going to let you out and no like it's not that it's not that um depending on where we're at and depending on how long we've struggled with this like there's different prescriptions of treatment plans that can be given to us 
when we go and seek help like that. And that's what, that's what we also need to understand is that sometimes, yeah, going to the psych ward is the, the, the answer to the prayer that you've been praying for so long. Additionally, I think there is definitely a disadvantage and a hindrance in the support that ministers can provide for members who are going through severe mental illness and who have uh, really active and invasive suicidal thoughts. I don't know, and I'm just speaking out of ignorance right now because I really don't know. I don't know how much training our ministers have, our chaplains have, in being able to provide support that can help to move a person from crisis um, to low risk. I don't know. I don't know, and because of that, and because of some of the stigma that still is present among the conversation of mental health in Christianity, I don't know if they can even have a conversation that is actually willing to embrace the vulnerability of being at, in that place. I don't know. I don't know if the remedy for... Um, congregation members who are struggling with suicidal suicide ideations is go pray wake up early and have your devotions like I don't know if that's what is prescribed I'm gonna make the uninformed assumption that that is what's happening but um I think in terms of the support that we provide for our ministers who are often the first person that someone will tell about their suicidal thoughts um yeah, I, I don't know what training they've received to be able to do and say the things that are most needed at that time. I don't know how serious it is. I've had a conversation with someone who, you know, took a really long time to be able to confide in anyone other than me about um, kind of what they were going through. They reached out to their local pastor and then the local pastor didn't really follow up at all with them. Um, and I remember them saying to me, like, what was the point of doing that? Like, the pastor didn't even care. And that was really hard because in a moment when someone has got to the point where they're willing to reach out with this kind of information and then to have that support person not fail them but really not give them adequate support in the days, weeks, months after that disclosure, it's kind of difficult. Like it can be super discouraging for someone to the point where they'll be like, I'll never go get help again because I literally got nothing um, from that. So yeah, my conversation is around, hey, being able to have the conversation, knowing how to best support that person, knowing how to encourage them that what they've done is actually epic to be able to reach out and acknowledge, hey, I'm actually at a point in my life where this is getting quite overwhelming. The darkness is starting to consume me. 
And then the people who we kind of tend to reach out to, I don't know how well trained they are for that. Yeah, how they can best support people to transition and to work through the stuff that needs to be worked through in order for them to not be high risk anymore. But rather to help them have greater clarity around, hey, this is what this kind of looks like as an outsider. Are you willing to consider that there could be more to this conversation than simply the darkness that you can see? The, the despair that is found in that workplace, in that relationship, with your kids, with your church, with your own personal stuff. Like sometimes, oh, you know what I've seen? I've seen that there is no church member that needs to say anything to you. You don't need to have a horrible workplace. Sometimes it's your own internal dialogue that is the most tormenting. And I don't know if we're able to help people through that. I don't know if if we know how to help people to challenge those dialogues that they have about themselves. I don't know if we can help them to really identify that, you know what, that voice that you keep hearing that keeps putting you down and throwing you into the darkness of despair and hopelessness, that's actually just like a loop that you're playing from things that you're parents told you that that teacher at school told you that one friend from high school said to you you actually have carried on the voices of your past and you carry them into your present as though that that is you that can be like a life-changing insight oh the fact that I'm so critical of myself when it comes to this area of my life guess what that's because your mom was critical of that area of your life when you were a teenager and you have continued that voice has planted itself in your own cognitive processes that now you don't even need your mom there to criticize you because you've got it as a reoccurring loop in your mind every time you go into that space or every time you engage in the behavior that she used to criticize you for Maybe it was your dad. Maybe you've got you've taken on your dad's voice because you heard it so much that it's hard to not do anything without that whisper of a voice haunting you. Being able to identify what it is that has you in your darkness can make such a difference in how you work through it and how you overcome it. Um, it's it's. Yeah, it's so specific once you're able to identify what's going on to be able then to say, okay, this is actually the best remedy for your specific challenge and struggle right now. And I think the more that we can have those conversations, the more that we can actually equip ourselves in understanding, hey, this person keeps saying, oh, it's, it's just every day's horrible nothing's worth living for um I just want to escape when you can hear those lines and when people are saying those lines they're actually saying them because they're getting to a point where they just want help and we can actually be that difference I was speaking with someone and they were saying they just had um 
a friend die from suicide and that particular friend that that died had been trying to reach this friend that I have um, for quite some weeks and now they felt responsible that that person died because they didn't pick up their calls every time and they didn't make a time to meet with them every time that they wanted to meet up and but this friend at the same time said I did not see this coming and we have to be realistic sometimes there's not I want to say it most of the time there's nothing we can do like honestly when it comes to people who are fighting suicidal thoughts and the idea of ending their own life there's nothing we can do to switch that we can support them through it but it's very important that we understand that even within our own capacity and our own skills and our own understanding of what's going on with people who are suffering like this is that we can only do so much. There comes a point where every person needs professional help and if the people who are suffering aren't willing to get that professional help, we cannot take responsibility or think that it is our fault if they do decide to end their life because ultimately there are processes to help people through these kind of illnesses and these kind of struggles that lay people you and me even with my qualifications we still can't save people like it literally there is nothing i can do apart from pass on skills and tools and how that person chooses to use those when they need it will just will determine how their life plays itself out so it's super important that when you are supporting someone who is thinking of ending their life is understanding that that's not your responsibility like you can't be their nine shiny armor like you can't be the superhero who's going to come and just save their world like we can't and we can't carry that weight of burden with us and if they were to end their life that's not our guilt to carry because that was their mental illness it's like me feeling bad for someone who has covid and thinking i should have done more to stop them from getting covid like there are some people who are just going to get sick and they're going to experience certain things in their life and we have to understand that it was totally out of our control there was nothing we could have done um and the same comes with mental illness with depression like even with people with depression like you can invite them all you want you can keep them company you can try and be optimistic and help them and support them and try to invite them places and there comes a point that you're going to realize that they're just going to say no to everything and that's not your fault the same thing happens with people who are su- suffering with suicidal thoughts you can try and make the world as pretty and as bubbly and as colorful and as fun as you want they still won't see it you can try and find an escape for every prison they feel that they are in it still won't be enough so yeah don't carry that burden on yourself but at the same time look out for the things that you can look out because that awareness that that person is having could actually be the potential to unlocking the 
the willingness and the desire that they need to get the right level of support for where they're at with their suicidal ideations. Um, Yes, I hope we can keep having these conversations. Don't be scared to ask people, are you thinking of taking your life? Are you having suicidal thoughts? Um, Are you thinking of killing yourself? Like, regulate your bluntness to how much they are sharing with you. Like I said with this example of this other person, I just don't want to be here. Well, what does that mean? And then if they say to them, I want to kill myself, you're like, okay, what is so dark for you right now? What is so overwhelming that you would rather die? Could you tell me about that? That'll allow for more disclosure. That'll allow for a person to help guide you and and show you where it is. And then there ultimately, ultimately does come a place where if you can see that the person is about to kill themselves, whatever that looks like, however that is, like just ring emergency services. Ring whoever it is in your country, whether it's triple zero or 911 or I don't know, any other places because I haven't seen movies from any other places where they're always telling you their emergency numbers. Um, but yeah, like do what you got to do if you are actually sincerely quite scared that this person is going to end their life. There we for our suicide training. I actually had to watch a video of suicide survivors. <clears throat> Every single one of them said, the moment I tried to do what I did, whatever it was, jump off the bridge, take pills, cut themselves, whatever it was, I said, the moment I did it, I regretted it. The moment in that second they regretted it and you will hear thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonies of people who survived their suicide attempts and actually regretted the fact that they got that bad like it's it's a reality like in that moment of hopelessness people make decisions that may not actually be what they sincerely want but it seemed like the solution at the time. And I think we, we need to be aware of that. I remember I, had, I was being bullied in high school and there was some stuff going on with my, with my social group and stuff. I remember I was 12 or 13. I remember staying up one night and working out how I was gonna kill myself because I didn't wanna have to go to school again. And it's only by God's grace that I don't know what happened. Like, I honestly, I can't, I just can't remember what switched apart from, I just remember one day going to school and my, my favorite Nat, um, my friend Natalie, she comes up to me at the time, didn't hang out with her because I hung out with a different group and it was a girl from another group. And she's like, do you want to come sit with us for lunch? That literally fixed everything. I'm like, I'm not going to be by myself. Like, I'm not going to be by myself. Um, And she took me in. She invited me, and I started making friends with them, and they were my friends for the rest of my high school years. Um, I was ready to kill myself at the age of 12, 13. I'd made the plan. I was going to try and source the things that I needed, but then one day someone just came up to me and included me in their, in their group at a time where I felt so abandoned 
and so rejected and so alone that was it that was a switch for me um so yeah like let the holy spirit guide you to have that conversation be brave be bold be okay because research has shown that when a person starts telling you i don't want to be here anymore worth life's just not worth living i don't know what the point of living is when they're making statements like that they're being intentional about dropping those little hints because they want someone to reach out to them they're not actually saying it to be sneaky and secretive and because they don't want you to know and be private no they're literally saying it hoping that someone's going to ask the next question what do you mean by that what is making life so difficult for you that you feel like this is all that you have ask the question all right i am getting super super hot so thank you for joining me wherever it is that you sit in this conversation whether you are the person that is having those thoughts of ending your life killing yourself whether you're making plans, whether you're setting dates, how, whatever level you are on this conversation, I really pray, I earnestly beg you to please reach out to someone close to you so that you can have some more conversations with them around this topic. And even if you're convinced that you don't want to talk about it and no one's going to convince you because nothing's going to change, I really, really pray and beg that you just reach out to someone and let them know like the extent of where you're at. Not because someone can convince you, but because I guarantee you that you'll be able to have someone who you'll be able to talk with. And who knows, something might change after that conversation, maybe something won't. But still, like, yeah, I really hope that you can reach out. Reach out to me, like I'm available. You can find me on social media, on Instagram. I'm Connected Adventist Podcast. On Facebook, you can find me on my personal account, which is Catalina Navarro Arevalo. I also have the Connected Pod, I think it is. Um, Connected Pod, I think it is, on Facebook. Just find me however you can. And, yeah, let's chat. Like, let's chat. And if you're a person on the other side who's supporting someone or who thinks you know someone who isn't doing well, who is, yeah, not themselves, pray and ask the questions. Like, ask them how they're feeling, what's going on. And linger, like stay there until they can see you're actually asking a way deeper question then. Just a passing how are you all right it's getting so hot okay until next week my prayer my hope and my desire that you stay warm in god's love that you stay cool for Jesus' name and may the holy spirit just continue to remind you like it's not worth giving up it's not worth giving up please give it time give it time allow god to comfort you to give you insights to help you be balanced about your outlook on whatever this situation is just for a little bit longer for a little bit longer 
Yeah. Okay. Let's chat next week. Okay, bye for now. Or ciao for now. Bye for now just sounded real bad. Okay, ciao for now. Ciao, ciao, ciao.